0: The uh, there is a widespread mina Yisrael that people sell their chametz uh, before Pesach in order to avoid the is from balyubalyumatzei in order to avoid having to destroy all their chametz uh, before Pesach. The source of the idea is found as early as in the Tosefta. The thing is in the Tosefta when it talks about mechiras chametz, it's like for real, like you're selling it and it's gone. Goodbye. You know, it's not. It's not talking about a case of mechiras chametz where it's a wink, wink. We understand you're supposed to buy it back. Um, the Tosefta over there discusses that you can ask him to buy more than he needs before Yantif with the plan of hoping that he's going to sell it back to you after Yantiv. right? So it does go that far. If, let's say you know the guy doesn't need your uh, four open boxes of cereal uh, over Yantif, especially since he's buying chametz that belongs to 10,000 other Jews also and he can have their four open boxes of cereal. Nevertheless, you're allowed to have him buy more than he actually needs with the plan of getting it back after Yantiv we in gimel and Dalid, yes, we are allowed to do Muhir's Hamid. you're allowed to sell more than, you, than the guy needs, and it's not considered a complete joke. Question is, why isn't it considered a complete joke? Because after all, even if the Jew has total Das to sell, the guy realizes what's up. you know he does this every year. So he, is, does he have the das of a Kona, the appropriate Das to be Kona the Hamids. So the uh, the HaShekel actually goes so far as to say that it only works. It only works for derech mikra. That you can't do this as a consistent thing. Machs shekel and some tough mem chesiv and gimel. And the Ritva and Pesachim Chafal from the says that anybody who does this regularly, there's a kenas that it shouldn't work. And it sounds like uh, the Rishonim sound like they all hold that not they all, but the Rishonim sound like many of them hold the They can't go and do a harava that if the whole thing is just a joke and a harama then it shouldn't be done so the question is, is harama really so bad? meaning, sometimes you have a haramah that gets you around violating an isr so you avoided violating an isr there's a, chilog, a famous quote that the achronim have it's a harama to get around doing a mitzvah versus a harama to get around violating an isr harama means a trick, right? so if you do a haramah to get around violating an isr so it wasn't an isr so who cares how you got around violating the isr if you do our ramah to get around doing a mitzvah, though, that could be a very bad thing, because what you have to do our ramah so that I'm not going to be chayiv in the mitzvah. So we here, you're not doing our ramah to get around doing a mitzvah. You're going to do tashbisu. Tashbisu you can do. You're going to take ten little pieces of bread that you bought pre-packaged in this farm store for five bucks, and you're going to burn those, uh, those those pieces of bread. Right. So you're going to do tashbisu. <laughs> so you're not getting around doing the mitzvah. You're just getting around violating an iser. Some sofer in shuvos <laughs> and aruchaim sim kufi gimel thinks that it's completely permissible, and that's obviously what we, uh, what we rely on. Now, the, um, we're not going to discuss every issue of Mechir's Hametz. Um, l- let me just try to hit some, some hot-button uh, issues. Um, how do we sell the Hametz? So first of all, um, selling the Kalim. The Kitz says, don't sell your Kalim. Because if you sell the Kalim, and then you buy them back after Yantiv from the guy you now need to do tefillas kalim and all of your kalim because you just bought your kalim from a guy. So he says, don't sell the kalim. Generally, the Lashon we have in the Shtar, in sharmachir, I normally sell to, with uh, Rabbi, Willig. Rabbi Mordechai Willi. gets a group of Rabbanim together, uh, typically 35-40 Rabbanim, that all sell Hamids to John Brown. It's not a made-up name. His name is actually John Brown. <laughs> Couldn't have had a better name than that. And, uh, and John Brown is a real estate agent, so he's uh, familiar with Kinyanim and with Mecca Khamemker. It's what he does for a living. And he also happens to be a fairly well-to-do guy. Um, so he, uh, if he needed to, he owns enough real estate also, that if he needed to actually pay the full value of the Chameitz, although now with 35-40 bottom selling and the amount of schnaps, maybe not, but uh, the, at least it's possible that he'd be able to buy... Uh, to buy significant amounts of it. So that's one of the Chumras that Willick has, of having a guy like that. But anyway, the uh, the HaKarach says, don't sell the Kelim. And that's what we write in the Lashon of the Shtar, that we're selling the that's balua in the Kelim, uh, the Bliya. So if the guy wants to uh, taste the geshmaka Bliya that's in one of my pots, I give him permission to use my pot to be able to get that Bliya out into his food. I if he does that it might make my pot awesome because okay whatever it's a different issue but uh, we hope he doesn't do it then but that's the uh, that the, that's generally how we how we get around it that's generally how we sell the blios um, the, uh, does the guy have to pay for everything before Pesach how does that work so it seems from uh, it seems that if you want to be of something you have to pay for it. So there are several kulas that the Echorim have that the guy doesn't have to uh, pay for it. And what we generally do is that he gives a down payment and uh, and the rest is due the day after Pesach. And if he can't pay the rest the day after Pesach, then he sells it back to us. That's the... Uh, that's, not the day after Pesach, right after Pesach. The, re- the rest is due the day after Pesach. And like Pesach, he could say, look, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to come up with the rest of the money. Are you willing to buy it back from me? And we buy it back from him. But he does give a down payment. Typically, he gives... Uh, one cent for each household of chametz that he's uh, that he's buying. So he'll give one penny. So if I'm going to sell for uh, for 50 households, he'll do a kinyan kesef with, uh, with with two quarters or something like that. And uh, you know, it comes with a roll of quarters, and he buys from uh, you know hundreds, thousands of households. Um, the idea of doing a community-wide sale that everyone joins in uh, was only started. Uh, not that long ago, it was only started in the last 200 years or so. This was not something that was widely accepted. People typically used to always just throw out the uh, the chamez. And obviously, as in with any innovation, there were major uh, poskim that were opposed to it. The Shulam mm-hmm. Meishiv in Ma'dur Basu Chilapesu Nain Zain, Ma'adim Ba'Alacha, page Shin Beis discusses this, where he has serious opposition to the idea of a uh, of a community community wide sale. He thinks that it's all a harama some sofa defends it so obviously it came to the point where everyone uh, where everyone you know accepted it now what's the um, what's the issue uh, that one of the issues is that you're not going to get a shavaputa for each seller so there's no kinyan Kesa. the primary kinyan that you do is a kinyan Kesa. if you're not going to get a shavaputa for each person who's selling it could be a problem so one of the things that you have to do is make sure that you do get a shavaputa for each person who's selling you want to get around that or you could argue that maybe the din of Shavaput is only true by 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 Kiddusha isha. Maybe it's not true for regular Uh the Typically, we appoint a rabbi as the shliach to sell the chametz. Meaning, you have to realize this: when you go to the rabbi to sell your chametz, you are not selling your chametz to the rabbi. The rabbi is not buying your chametz. It's important that you should have the das to know what you're actually doing. The rabbi should say it to you. That he'll say, by you know, pick this up and through that you're going to be making a kinyan to express your das that you want to make me your shliach. That's what he says, not to express your das that you're making uh, that I'm being koneh the chametz from you. No, to express your das that you want to make me your shliach to go ahead and to sell the chametz. So you appoint the rabbi as a shliach. The ramam says you should do a kinyan sudar for the min, for the mino shlichus, and uh, that's what we do. We do a kinyan sudar. You pick something up as a way of. Anytime you do a Kinyin Suda, it just adds more teeth to whatever it is that you're doing. It just gives it a little more koach. So we make the shlichus oh, uh, kemura The if you don't have a Kinyin, it could still work. Sometimes it happens every year. I get at least one person. I couldn't make it before Pesach. Now I'm out of town already and there's no rabbi here who's selling anymore. Can I be memani you shliach over the phone? So we don't like to do that because you like to be able to do a Kinyin in order to do the mino shlichus. But if it's impossible for whatever reason, so uh, the uh, Rav and Paskin that uh, y- you should try to get something in writing, maybe fax it over, something like that, but, uh, but, but uh, at least uh, but at the Kenyan maybe is negotiable. This also, this idea of shlichus um, also leads to the minhag. I never knew this growing up. I would sometimes go with my father when he would uh, go to the rabbi, to sell the and you'd always give the rabbi an envelope afterwards. And I never really knew what was in the envelope. I thought it was like maybe a list of uh, locations where the Chametz is or whatever. Uh, there is a widespread Minogi Yisrael where people give the rabbi some money at the time of Mechiris Chametz. So where does that come from? Meaning, you want to give the rabbi money, because then take, hey, go give the rabbi money. What does that have to do with Mechiris Chametz? Why would you give the rabbi money at the time of Chametz? So, that when you give him money, you now make him a polo is much stronger when he's a paid shliach. Then once he's a poel, so then you could rely much more heavily that he's actually doing the shliach as opposed to if you just ask him to do it, but you're not giving him any money. So then it's not he's not hired as a poel, and then uh, you wouldn't have that same chazaka So uh, if uh, how much money should you have to give then a dollar? I don't know, just make him a paid shliach now. In many places, so people want to show their akhar to talk to the rabbi. And once they're giving him a dollar anyway, they'll give him a little more, uh, a little more money than that, or a lot more money than that sometimes. But uh, in some rabbis, it's in their contracts. That's like a in the young woodmere. It's like a whole other salary. You know, they have like a thousand dollars, bottom It's not a whole other salary. Um, so anyway, but that's the uh, that, that that's the minute. They're, the stechemed doesn't like it. Um, because uh, the Stechemet says that that's going to make it look like that we're only doing the Mechir Heshametz for our own benefit, and the Rabbanim are only doing it, not for the benefit of the but for their own benefit. And uh, he doesn't like that idea. He thinks it just uh, doesn't smell right. But uh, it does seem to be the Minig in, in many places that that's what, that's what people do. Um, is the Mechir valid if you didn't give the rabbi money? It's absolutely valid if you didn't give the rabbi money. There are several Kinyanim that we do in order to make, the, the, uh, the, the make sure that the Mechira is valid. We do every possible kind of Kenyan imaginable to make sure that there's absolutely no Shiloh whatsoever that the Hametz is uh, is in fact sold. Um, Ideally, the guy should have access to the Hametz and therefore he needs to know where you live, he needs to know where you have the Hametz in the house and he needs to know that if he needs access to the house, he can have access to the house. does not mean you have to give the guy your key because if you're not home, you don't want some guy that you don't know. My Balabatim never met John Brown. I met John Brown. I know he's a very nice, honest guy. They never met him. They don't They don't want John Brown snooping around their house. But if John Brown calls him on Pesach and says, I want to go in the house, you have to be able to say, OK, I'll meet you there in 10 minutes, or I'll have the rabbi meet you there, and he'll escort you around the house to go pick up the chametz. That you have to be able to do. He has to be able to have access to the house. If you go somewhere far away... And no, none of the neighbors have a key, or all the neighbors that have a key are also far away, and no one has access to the house, it's very questionable how that really works. Got an interesting shiloh. Someone made, just made aliyah last week, called me up, said, um, I'm selling my Chametz to the guy. It's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and it's going to be there throughout Pesach. It's on the lift. So does this, he has no access to the Chametz. I don't have access to the Chametz. So is that is that okay? Think about it. Okay.